right, welcome back to episode five, week five of the Brotherly Sports Podcast presented by The Fans Place, where fantasy sports are reimagined. I'm Sam Wexler, the host alongside the brothers themselves. And guys, it's finally back. We've got real football tonight. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's kind of weird having a season start without any preseason games. Um, it almost feels like there's less hype than there should be since there's been nothing to watch over the past few weeks. But um, going to be interested to see how this first week plays out. Not quite as much information out there, um, so it could be a wild one. And no fans in the stands, so it's not like the Bills Mafia can get the crowd pumped up. Oh, I'm pretty sure the Bills Mafia will be doing what they're doing elsewhere. Pretty sure game. they'll be jumping off roofs and breaking tables instead of doing it in the parking lot. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Innovation that excites, right? Sure. <laughs> All right. While we have the football in the back half, let's look at the standings for MLB. Atlanta has a two-game lead in the National League East. Chicago holding on to a two-and-a-half game spread over St. Louis. The Dodgers still running away with the National League West. They've got a run differential of 101. In the American League, Tampa Bay has fully taken over. They've got a four-game lead on Toronto. And New York now six games out of first in the East. I think that's the, the shocker from the past couple of weeks is New York dropping all the way down to being in the eighth spot in the playoffs. Their injuries have hurt them, but it, the Rays have a division that's completely flip-flopped with even – the Blue Jays now being ahead of the Yankees, which is pretty crazy. Who would, have, who would have thought before the season that two of the divisions that might send three teams to the playoffs would be the AL Central and the NL West. Um, the AL Central was supposed to be Minnesota and everyone else. The NL West was supposed to be the Dodgers and everyone else. But the Giants are hanging in there at a couple games over 500. The Padres have been great. And um, the White Sox and Indians have both been great. All of those teams look like they've got a good shot at making the postseason. If the Rockies actually win a few here at the end, the NOS could actually send four teams, which is, I think, at the beginning of last week, they had four teams in the playoffs. I think the Rockies have dropped off a little bit, but it right, could be even four, four teams. We all know that can't happen because the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. So, <laughs> Despite their 29-9 to loss. Oh, that's night. in the rundown. That's in the show. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, and the rest of the American League, the White Sox have a one-game lead over both the – Cleveland Indians, or Cleveland to be named laters, and the Minnesota Twins. So that division is still wide open for the taking. And Oakland increasing their lead. They've got now a five-and-a-half game edge over the Houston Asterisks, as I'm wearing the Asterisks shirt right here. And we just mentioned the biggest surprise so far. The Yankees can't figure out how to put a win together. They're dropping the ball, blaming the stadium lights in Buffalo when they were playing the Buffalo Blue Jays. And they are just self-destructing and imploding in every sense of the word. I think they're looking for any excuse right now with the amount of money they spent on that lineup combined with the amount of talent that's there. There's no excuse for them to be where they are, really. Yeah, I mean, they've had injuries again. I don't know what it is about that roster, but it can't seem to stay on the field. They had problems all last year. They're having problems again this year. You know, when you have – when you go that long with this many injuries, it's probably not going to change. So they're going to have to shake something up next year if they want to contend. You can't expect role-player guys and quadruple-A players to carry your team for two straight seasons to the playoffs. It just doesn't happen. Right. There are some things that money can't buy and injury luck is one of those. So we'll see. They might have to fill out that roster with some, some more talent beyond a couple, couple really good players and hope some of their guys coming up from the minors um, are able to, to produce. Davey Garcia has looked good. Um, I know they've got a couple bats that aren't too, too far away. So we'll see if the Yankees can get it done that way. 
All right, looking at the hot and cold teams. Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. Ah, my hand, that's hot. Ah, this was hot too. What does warm mean? Rory, give me one hot team and one cold team that you like. I would say on the hot side, the Toronto Blue Jays have really, in the last two or three weeks, solidified their status as an actual contender in the AL. The, the park they're playing in in Buffalo, I think it's definitely helped out from an offensive perspective. Bo Bichette should be coming back here in the next few days. Vlad Jr. hasn't even necessarily had the type of season we've expected him to have. The rotation is, has really been just good enough. The bats are, are good enough. They look like a team that could maybe even win a first-round first playoff. Um, so they're, they're kind of my hot team to watch. And then on the cold side, the Astros are playing even 500 ball at this point. Um, they've lost uh, two of their last three to the Athletics. Um, one was a, sort of a late late-inning loss. And yeah, athletics I just, looking strong. Yeah, the athletics look great. I just don't know if I see the Astros doing much, even if they get to the postseason. Um, you know, who knows what they're going to get out of Verlander, if anything. Without him at the top of that rotation, obviously Cole's gone. I don't think they have quite enough pitching to do it. And uh, the bats have been pretty iffy. So that's my cold team. Connor, do you have a cold team that you like? Ooh, cold team that I like. Honestly, I don't You can know say the Reds. It. It's okay. I don't know if I have a cold. I don't like the Reds right now either. I don't think I have a – there is a cold team that I like outside of maybe the Rockies with – I think there's there's a lot of pop in that lineup. Their pitchers can get streaky. So the team that's only a couple games out of a playoff spot, I think they have a great chance to beat Rory's favorite team, the Marlins, for that eighth spot and get in there. And then everyone knows that a short series, anything can happen – that offense gets hot, they could beat anyone in the first round. So they're probably, of all the cold teams, I'd say they're the one I have the most confidence in. Hot teams, I would say the White Sox. I think they're for real. The young town is playing well at the right time. They're pitching well. They're leading the AL Central. Um, I think that team is – they might be similar to the Cubs when they were one or two years ahead of their time when they made the – NL Championship Series before they won the World Series the next year. I think the White Sox are on the brink. It would be fun to see a championship brought back to the south side here the next couple of years. All right, looking at the standout hitters and pitchers of the week, Ronald Acuna Jr., still one of the best players in the league, five home runs in the last week. And over the last seven games, a 16.02 OPS. Yeah, Acuna's been doing some damage. He started a bit slow, like a number of the – the better hitters in, in both leagues this year. But it's really picked it up. Obviously, padded those stats last night in that 29-9 win, just like most of the Braves lineup. A couple guys I've been looking at from the best. There are a couple guys on some homer streaks. Jeff McNeil's homered in four straight games. He's up to 315. Had a great season last year. He's battled a little bit of injury luck this year, um, but starting to hit the ball hard. And then DJ Stewart for the surprising Orioles, who are only two under 500, has five home runs in his last four games. He's a pretty unheralded player. I don't necessarily expect too much out of him the rest of the season, except for the odd homer here or there. But um, five and four, five home runs in four games is um, no easy no easy feat. Connor, who was your hot player of the week, standout hitter? Unsurprisingly, I have two Braves on there, given the offensive outburst they've had, and not including Acuna. You've got Adam Duvall, who's had two, three home run games in the last week which it's always fun to see former Reds players do well. And then Freddie Freeman, who has 16 RBI in the past seven games on seven extra base hits. He's always been a hitting machine, but 16 RBI in seven, in seven games is pretty ridiculous. 
So those are the two I've been looking at. And then I know we're about to probably talk pitchers. For me, we haven't talked a lot about you, Darvish. And I just want to toot my own horn here in the MLB season predictions. I had you, Darvish, as the dark horse to win the NL Cy Young. And he's looking, he continues this hot streak. He's got a chance, I think. DeGrom is, there'll be a certain amount of cachet and trying to have a three-peat there and what he's looking. But if the Cubs win the NL Central, make the playoffs, and Darvish is still pitching the way he is, I think there's a really good chance he unseats DeGrom there for the NL Cy Young. Yeah, Liu Jarvis picking up the loss last night against the Cincinnati Reds, who had my pitcher of the week on the hill, Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Seven and two-thirds innings pitched, 10 Ks, no runs allowed. He's started to turn it back on. He had two or three games where he took the loss in a bad situation, but finally getting it back under control. Yeah, Bauer looked great last night. Um, I don't know if you saw his tweet after the game, but he was <laughs> talking about how the Cubs were still chirping. Uh, all game even even when he's not as good his personality never dies for me I was um, taking a look at a deeper dive into some of Corbin Burns's stats Burns was a guy who um, was was pretty highly touted for a long time took uh, a little bit longer to get going than than a lot of prospects of his caliber but um, has looked very good off and on this year over his last three starts 19 innings pitch no earned runs 28 strikeouts three and0. You know, the Brewers are going to make a playoff push. They're going to need a little bit more out of their pitching staff. Woodruff is going to have to pitch better than he has been. Burns is going to have to continue pitching like this. Um, and then they might sneak in. Uh, but um, good to see that from from Corbin Burns. All right, let's move on to what we like this week. I loved seeing the Braves score 29 runs, no matter who it's against. A football score – And football season in Major League Baseball is always fun to see. It's just one of those things you see on your phone or in the box scores if you're an old newspaper reader like my grandfather. You see 29 to 9, and you can't figure out if it's a typo or a misprint or somebody just got bored and started playing with their keyboard. 29 runs is just so ridiculous for a baseball score. Well, that and then, you know, the Brewers won 19 to 0 on the same day. So you you almost had 50 runs scored between two teams that I'd have to do some digging, but um, I have to imagine, I know that 29 runs was an NL record for the Braves. Um, I'm not sure if two teams have combined to score 48 runs in, in a day. Um, it's certainly not in recent history. I um, saw the, uh, uh, it was a tweet that the last time two teams scored over 30 runs each, it was like 49 to 33 in 1876 or something. It's <laughs> crazy. Um I want to hit on Adam Duvall again. I, I wanted to bring him up in this segment just because, as Connor said, he played for the Reds for a bit. Very likable guy. He took a long time to get to the majors um, and had a pretty great year. Actually made the All-Star game back in 2016 with the Reds, and then he didn't hit so well. He, he got picked up by the Braves, I believe, off waivers. Had a good end to last season, and now has 13 home runs and 951 OPS. Um, so far over 41 games this season just really great to see a guy like him um, be able to find an everyday spot uh, on, a, on a team that might contend for the, the World Series and then I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier in terms of uh, when we were talking about the standings but um, the Giants continue to play good baseball they're two over 500 um, I've just really enjoyed I know I've been on the Maryland, Marlins bandwagon most of this year I've really enjoyed watching these teams that no one thought would make the playoffs um, potentially sneak in 
Uh, Giants are one of those teams. Um, and watching Mike Yastrzemski play has been awesome too. Another guy that didn't make the majors for a long time, but but yeah, he's just really swinging the bat well. It. Yeah, he really has. Connor, what about you? I think even outside of hitter and pitcher and then player performance, there's a movement to bring a major league baseball team to Nashville, which is pretty cool to see. Um, I think it, there are Justin Timber, Timberlake is now on the crew that's trying to bring them in there and be, they're talking about an interesting mix between music and baseball and bringing that team there. And anytime we can get another baseball team, be pretty cool. And Nashville, obviously those fans, they already have the predators there in the NHL and they've got the Titans there. So they know they know how to support major sports, and it'll be fun to see another baseball team come to a city, especially a fun city like Nashville. And then for me, it's just Giants, Marlins, Tigers, Mariners, and Orioles are all still in contention, which are five teams that no one would ever have thought would be in contention to make the playoffs in a 60-game season, a 162-game season, even a 10-game season probably. So it's, it's fun. Um, the expanded playoff format I think makes it a lot – a lot more interesting um, and hopefully personally I hope a few of those teams start faltering down telling the past so that the Reds can sneak in but it's fun to see them playing well you threw the Marlins on that list your brother had the Marlins from the get-go you're going to give him any credit or should we wait to give him any props until it happens no I think he only gave them credit once he starts saw them jump out to a seven and one start so they're still it's not true they were they were on my when we did our predictions I put them in my list of teams that, hey, they were two uh, and one impress. to start. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's still five games under 500 since that seven and one start. So we'll see. All right, let's look at what we hated this week. Oh, great. I hate it. Music, sweet music. The Yankees self-destructing. We talked about it. Three and seven in their last 10, and they are now just a single game over 500. They can't manage to do anything correctly this season. I think we've mentioned this before in a podcast, but I think you're one of the few that doesn't live in New York that hates it when the Yankees are doing bad, Sam. So I think Rory and I are loving the fact that a team that spends that much money is failing miserably right now. So hey, fine my by favorite, us. My favorite baseball movie is Moneyball. I just want to see a Yankees-Dodgers <laughs> series so I can uh, roast my grandpa when the Yankees inevitably get hurt in game three and get beaten game six. Yeah, speaking of teams that nobody really likes unless you happen to live in the city, the Astros are another team that has more than underwhelmed. Um, and this has actually been a pretty good week in terms of no bad news. We haven't had any major COVID outbreaks outside of Anthony Santander, you know, hitting the long-term IL, which is kind of a bummer because he was having a great season. Um, not too many guys, uh, stars have hit the injured list. We haven't had a lot, any players really do anything stupid. So um, really for me, it's just a question of a couple underperforming teams. And I know, Connor, you'll probably talk about the last underperforming team that's been on both of our minds. Yeah, I think uh, the Reds from a – you would hope that going into a four-game series with Pittsburgh, they could at least take three and possibly do a four-game sweep. Instead, they split it with the bullpen, throwing away another game. So the Reds are always on my radar as something I hate this week as of right now until they pull off – a. 14 and four in the last 18 and make the playoffs. So that's what we're all hoping for. But I think the other one on my list is not necessarily something I hate. This thing, something that's funny is Mike Rizzo getting thrown out of his own game. When as the general manager of the nationals, Jerry West threw him out of the game because he was yelling at him from the box. And because there are no fans, he could hear everything he was saying. 
So I think that's yeah. more fun, more funny than something I hate. We all know Jerry West is a short fuse and he's an interesting character. Yeah, Joe character. West is just yeah. such a guy. Joe, West, Joe West, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's funny that a general manager of a baseball team got thrown out. Speaking of Moneyball, Billy, I don't know if Billy B never got thrown out. I'd have to look that up. But if another general manager could have gotten thrown out of a game, it probably would have been Billy Bean. I had one of the thing that I hated, and one could argue that it could get tied into the things we liked. The Pittsburgh Pirates, this team, they find the weirdest and dumbest ways to lose and sometimes win games. I don't know if either of you saw this the other day, but when they were playing the White Sox at PNC Park along the Allegheny in Pittsburgh, they came to the bottom of the ninth tied and loaded the bases because of a wild pitch and a walk and a base hit and then scored the winning run on a walk-off ground out or what should have been a ground out to the pitcher because the pitcher scooped it up and underhand tossed it to the catcher who dropped it and the winning run just waltzed across home plate. It's just another stupid thing that the Pirates have somehow managed to use to get a win. And I hate it, but I also love it. Well, you have to love any time the Pirates get a win. So whether it's whether it's a standard win or a non-standard win, that's one in what, 14, 15 on the uh, year to be excited yeah, about? Yeah, 15, 14 wins. Let's go. Woo. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Saturday game picks. Oh, pick me. Oh, I know. I know me. Me. <sighs> okay. Fine. I've got Dodgers over Astros because who wants to pick the Astros in that game? Yeah, that's true. I'm going to take um, the Mets over the Blue Jays. Seth Lugo should be starting on Saturday. His transition from the bullpen to the rotation so far has gone well. Hopefully I don't jinx him, but um, I think he might keep the Blue Jays' bats in check, and, and the Mets might actually win that one. And I have the the Cubs over the Brewers with Hendricks on the mound. I think the Cubs have a great shot at, at winning that one and, and hurting the, the Brewers' playoff hopes even more. Yeah, Hendricks has shoved is pretty much every start he's been out, so no reason to expect anything less. All right, now that it is football eve, we've got some NFL 2020 season predictions. Finally, guys, we get to talk football. This is exciting. Yeah, it's about time. Are you ready, ready? We're ready. Are you ready for some football? All right, let's just start off right off the bat, Super Bowl predictions. Connor? I have the Saints over the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs just have too much firepower um, for another AFC team to beat them. I think Lamar Jackson will regress a little bit with other teams finding out a way after a year to to build a defensive scheme against him. Um, I think, one honestly, one of the best teams to challenge the Chiefs might be the Steelers. They're supposed to have the, the league's best defense if Big Ben can stay healthy. And there's that the Steelers might actually even win the AFC North. But outside of that, I don't see another team contending with the Chiefs really in the AFC. The, the NFC is a lot tighter in my opinion, but I think it's the Saints year. It's, I would love to see them win. I'd love to see Drew Brees go out on top with a second Super Bowl win after the Minnesota miracle a couple of years ago and the defensive pass interference call and it's so, I would just love to see them work. They've probably from top to bottom, the most talented lineup offense and defensive side of the ball combined probably in the NFL. And so as long as they can stay healthy and and play well, the saints are my pick this year. Yeah. And big Ben's got that new documentary that came out. So maybe he'll get some extra fantasy points for that or some extra confidence or something. (laughs) I also have the 
Chiefs losing in the Super Bowl, but uh, to the Buccaneers, I'm riding the the Tom Brady hype train. Um, he's got more weapons than he's had probably since the Randy Moss years with the Patriots and that offense. And uh, you definitely can't sleep on the Bucks defense. That front seven is is pretty phenomenal. Um, and uh, I love Bruce Arians as a head coach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. Doesn't necessarily get his due. He did a pretty good job with that Bucks team last year. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does with with Brady. I, I wanted to put anybody but the Chiefs in the Super Bowl from the AFC. I briefly debated the Colts. I have the Colts losing to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I think they're going to be sneaky good this year. But um, at the end of the day, Mahomes is very good. That lineup is great. They've already done it once. They know how to do it again. Um, Andy Reid's another great coach. Um, and so I think the Chiefs will get back there. But uh, I think they might lose. And I'm, I'm taking the Bucks, but uh, it could very well be someone like the Saints or even the 49ers. Um, again, back in it, but I, I think Tom Brady actually might win his uh, seventh this year. Well, I'm going to go all in and put all my chips on the fact that there will be a Super Bowl and a honeymoon hangover for Patrick Mahomes. He just proposed to his longtime girlfriend, now fiance, and he just won the Super Bowl, and everyone knows that there's a hangover after you win the big game. I'm going with the Patriots over the Saints. Bill Belichick is the most innovative and creative play designer as a head coach and general manager. He's got his pulse on everything his team does. And adding a mobile quarterback like Cam Newton, I think he'll be unstoppable in the postseason. And the Saints I picked to lose in the Super Bowl for the reasons that you guys already said. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. I, the Patriots are going to be one of the – Patriots and the Buccaneers, I think, might be the two most interesting teams to watch over the course of, of this year. So um, if the Patriots, that Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady debate, is only going to heat up if both teams do well, which would be, which would be pretty incredible. Boston as a city might just burn to the ground if those two play each other in the Super Bowl. That would be that would be one of the most watched Super Bowls of all time, I have to imagine. Yeah. All right, MVP predictions. I've got Mahomes, no reason to pick against the best player in the league. It could be Lamar Jackson, but Mahomes has been utterly dominant. Mahomes yeah. is he's, he's tough to pick against at this point. I have last year's offensive player of the year. And if Lamar, if Lamar Jackson hadn't had the season that he had, I think he might have won MVP. And that's Michael Thomas. I don't know if there's one skill position player that means more to his team than Thomas, who's seen such a large share of targets and catches and set the single season catch record last year. And I understand he's in a high powered throw heavy offense in New Orleans, but he hasn't, honestly, they haven't had great second and third wide receivers there either. So he sees double teams and he's still performing. Saints picked up Emmanuel Sanders this year, which I think will open up Thomas even more. Um, I would love to see a non-running back or non-quarterback win, win the MVP. And if there's anyone that can do it, I think it's Michael Thomas. And Rory, you've got down on the sheet, Russell Wilson. Explain this one to me. Yeah, I think – you know, Wilson's been close a couple times. He's been great every year. He was probably the runner-up for MVP last year. We don't know because Lamar Jackson was the uh, unanimous winner. I think if Mahomes and Jackson are just to take off where they were last year, um, I think Russell Wilson has a chance to win. He he doesn't have quite the supporting cast that, that Mahomes does in, in Kansas City. Um, he does have a couple good receivers there in Lockett, DK Metcalf in his second year. I think the tight end tandem of Greg Olson and, and Will Disley provides some good 
protection and then some great some a great pair of hands. Um, he doesn't uh, on the on the running side um, that cast of running backs is decent but not great. I just think he does more to lift that team up than than almost any other quarterback in the league. And and I think um, if the stats are there again this year, I think he's got a good good chance to potentially win that MVP. Um, and then your dark horse, you've got Josh Allen, but is it the quarterback <laughs> or the defensive player Josh Allen? That is the quarterback, Josh Allen. I've, I've liked Josh Allen for a while. He was on my fantasy team most of last year. We know he'll probably score eight or nine rushing touchdowns. Um, he gets Stephon Diggs. Um, the, the, he gets Devin Singletary and Zach Moss in the backfield. Um, he's got a defense that will, will make sure he has the ball out of the game. I think there's a chance here that he could uh, ascend in the upper echelon of, of NFL players. And uh, if the Bills win that AFC East, um, and he's a big reason why. There's no reason why he wouldn't be part of that conversation. I like it. All right, Offensive Player of the Year, Joey Burrows looks like he's going to be exciting to watch. He's got confidence. He's got a team that is up and coming, and I feel like he's going to be a fun guy to watch no matter what. For me, I mine's Mahomes. I think he's probably one of, if not the most, one of the most exciting players to watch on the offensive side of the ball. You never know what's going to happen. And I think going along with the trend of last year where Jackson won MVP but didn't win Offensive Player of the Year, I think it'll be two separate players again this year. And I'm going with Mahomes as an Offensive Player of the Year with Kyler Murray as my dark horse. Anyway, picking up Andre Hopkins, having Fitzgerald, having Kenyon Drake being in his second year, the running ability he has. If he puts together, he could have a breakout season like Lamar Jackson. So there's a there's a great chance that he might not win the MVP if the Cardinals don't win enough games, but could win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, my only concern going back to the Burroughs pick is not his talent level. It's whether they're going to be able to protect him in Cincinnati um, and whether that takes the edge off of a little bit of his stats. I'm, I'm doing the same thing Connor did. I'm taking Lamar Jackson as the Offensive Player of the Year. I think Wilson wins the MVP because – he will be the MVP to that team. I think Lamar Jackson will definitely win some games for the Ravens, but that defense is so good um, that I'm not sure he'll be the NFL MVP, but I still think he'll put up some gaudy offensive numbers. If he's top 10 in the league and rushing again, and he doesn't win the MVP, then I think he's definitely winning offensive player of the year. Um, my dark horse there, uh, kind of similar to the Kyler Murray pick. I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins, um, just signed a massive two-year extension, puts him on a five-year contract. Uh, with the Cardinals um, you know I, I think with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is obviously a great quarterback but they don't have quite the same offense as the Air Ray Cliff Clingsbury offense over there in Arizona I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to see a crazy number of targets uh, Murray can extend a lot of plays Hopkins once he gets on the same wavelength with, with Murray I think they'll find a lot of busted plays um, where, where they'll, they'll do a little catch and run um, and uh, I think he's going to have a pretty outstanding year yeah, Kyler Murray, middle infielder for the Athletics. Your dark horse for <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see how, how well he'd done if he'd gone in a different different direction there. But um, it's likely we'll never know. But he didn't has never closed that door, so I guess we'll, we'll see. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. Darius Leonard got cheated out of several different awards last year. I think it's only fair to assume that he'll – uh, do anything but regress this coming fall. Yeah, I actually have him as my my dark horse. Um, I guess he's not as much of a dark horse as some others. I think his odds were at 3,300 or 4,000, something around that range, depending on where you look. Um, I really like that pick as well. I think the Colts defense is going to be pretty good this year. 
and um, he led the league in tackles his rookie season and threw in, you know, he'll throw in five, at least five picks and five sacks, I believe. Um, but I think TJ Watt might get the nod. If, if the Colts do win that division, I think Leonard is a great shot. If um, the Steelers win the uh, AFC North, I think Watt has a great shot. I think he might push 20 sacks this year. Um, he's been at 13, 14 the last couple of years. I think the Steelers are going to be a lot better than they were last year. I think he's going to be a huge reason why. And I think voters love the last name of Watt. So it might just be a different one who, who wins it this year. For me, I have Gilmore. I think he goes back to back. I think if the Patriots are to make the make the Super Bowl, like you're talking about, Wex, I think their defense is going to be have to be as good, if not better, than last year to help Newton in that offense catch up. I think they'll be a little bit rusty coming out the first few games, and then Gilmore is by far and away, I think, the best cornerback in the league right now. Um, and if he locks down the wide receivers like he did last year and does what he did. I don't see any reason why someone should usurp him for defensive player of the year. Uh, my dark horse is actually, I still think TJ Watt isn't a very well-known name unless you're a big Steelers fan or really uh, other teams in the AFC North. Or if you follow JJ Watt on Twitter. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty limited right now. So I, I have him as a dark horse, despite he had a really good rookie season, even better season last year. But to Rory's point, he couldn't hit, get close to that 20 sack mark. He forced the most fumbles in the league last year. He had a couple picks. He's an absolute game changer and playmaker on that defense. And I think there's a really good chance the Steelers challenge the Ravens for the AFC North and even go deep in the playoffs as well. And if that happens and Watts leading that, that league leading defense, I think there's a great chance he wins it. All right. One last thought from each of us. All right. You sad sacks. Last call. Rory, you've got a big, bold letters, Joe Burrow debut on the board. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I've tried to keep the Cincinnati homerism to a minimum on these podcasts, but if well, you're a Bengals... It's been easy with the struggles that the Reds and Bengals have had as <laughs> right. of recent. If you're a Bengals fan, though, I mean, not much. There hasn't been anything this exciting um, happening to the, to the Bengals team in, in a number of years, so... Really looking forward to seeing him throw. See, the reports out of camp have been excellent so far. Sounds like his teammates are, are liking him. Sounds like he showed up prepared and ready to go. Um, that, that's not surprising, but um, we'll see what he does with a relatively patchwork offensive line. Um, definitely some wide receiver talent. The Bengals have a great running back situation there with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. So he's got some pieces. I'm, I'm just really excited to see if that accuracy at the college level translates into the NFL game. Well, something to consider, Joe Burrows, his team is one for one in a semifinal game when he throws six or more touchdowns, so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he get, we'll see if he has a chance to go two for two. Seems unlikely, but you never know. Connor, last thought? So I have actually have a couple. One, a stat that just popped up for me, which I think is insane, is Tom Brady has a streak of, he hasn't been an underdog in a game he started since week 14 of 2014. So... This then, it's looking like he's going to be the underdog against the Saints going into week one. So that streak's probably going to end. But that is an insane streak of just being of absolute success. It hasn't been an underdog in nearly six years, which is pretty crazy to think about. But my other last thought is the Premier League starting again. The NFL is starting. College football has started with some leagues. we got baseball playoffs, the U.S. Open for tennis and golf. Sports are back. And it looks like we haven't had a lot of – 
news about COVID from the NFL, really. They've had been doing a lot of testing. They've had one player test positive, a few staff members. So it's been working for them. Haven't heard a lot in the U.S. Open. They have the bubble up there in New York for, for tennis. Golf is seemingly relatively healthy. Baseball hasn't had much in the last few weeks. So everything is pointing towards sports, at least professional sports, being back for good. I think college campuses are a little bit of a different story. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow the college football season. But after many months of latency on the sports side, maybe some sports here or there, forgot to mention the NBA and NHL playoffs, of course, are going on as well. So they're back. And this is, I think, the most sports we've ever had going on at once because of the delay to some of the playoffs. We actually have more sports going on now than have ever been in action at once. So it's pretty crazy to think about. But for sports nuts like us, it's, it's a great time. Yeah, for the next two or three weeks, every single – all four of the major sports in the U.S. and North America will be in action, and three out of the four will be in the playoffs, which, if I'm not mistaken, first time ever, it's going to be insane. It's the sports Armageddon. It is. It's – I couldn't be happier. This is great, except for the Reds. <laughs> Reds always struggling to make ends meet. My last Absolutely. thought was the – hellscape that the west coast is in with those fires the 49ers practice facility looks like it was some sort of movie it, it looks like mars it's pretty crazy yeah we had some bad fires here in colorado but nothing like what they're experiencing out there in california how it's changing the air quality and what's happening it's that'll definitely be something to track well in colorado you guys also get fires and then it, several feet of snow in a 48-hour period so that's true they can flip the switch <laughs> absolutely all right this is week five of the brotherly sports podcast if you want to connect to the guys or pass along your thoughts on the podcast or anything sports related go to thefansplace.com and hit the contact link i'm sam wexler thank you to the brothers as always and go to thefansplace.com and check out the content page with some awesome blogs and we've got our nfl season predictions with all the writers at the fans place chipping in and giving their two cents worth on this coming season. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.